are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to 2019. It's Locked On Blazers. We are back. It is the new year, and we are here with yet another edition. The podcast is going to get better and better this year. Um, some exciting things on the horizon, I think, for the podcast. And the Blazers had two games before the end of 2018, which we will discuss between now and the end of this episode. But welcome back to the show. It is New Year's Day. It is a game day for the Portland Trailblazers as well. They have a game this evening in the beautiful capital city of California, Sacramento, the city of trees. So it should be a a nice, tough matchup for Portland. Sacramento surprisingly competent this year, which has not been the case in years past. I think they've been just, you know, I mean, you know, when you see Sacramento on the schedule, you usually assume that is going to be a win. But before we talk about Sacramento and how that team is not really an easy win that you can mark off the schedule, we have got to discuss the last couple of games for the Portland Trailblazers. And and thank you for your patience, by the way, on, on not, you know, not getting too worried about where these podcasts were. It is the last days of my small vacation uh, from my other job, so I appreciate the patience, and also it's just like you know, you know, you've been around family all week. I know it's not a great excuse, but maybe you know how that feels. You know, you're being around family, you're hanging out, you're you're drinking, you're eating really rich foods, and then you just kind of get the sap- the energy sapped out of you. You almost get like a little depressed, and it's just like it makes it hard to do things, but. Uh, no more excuses because it's 2019 and we're here with more Lockdown Blazers. And we're first going to talk about how incredible Damian Lillard is at sports. Uh, he had an incredible game, am- amazing performance the other night against the Golden State Warriors in a losing effort. He had 40 points and five assists as Clay Thompson had one of his best games of the season with 32 points. On 12 of 21 shooting, Clay has been going through a little bit of a slump. There are some people that suggest that maybe, unlike years past, he has not earned his way onto the All-Star team. And so uh, he gets a, a huge, huge performance back in his childhood home of Portland, where he grew up. So uh, I, I mentioned during the game, I think maybe Clay got some Burgerville uh, before the game. He is a known Burgerville enthusiast. So perhaps he got one of those seasonal uh, hazelnut milkshakes and, and or a peppermint milkshake, whatever they have. I have no idea what the hell they have at Burgerville right now, to be honest with you. I was at Mike's driving the other day and, uh, I haven't been to Burgerville in a long time, but whatever their seasonal shake is, I'm sure Clay Thompson got it because he was on fire and the Blazers could not stop him. Yusuf Nurkic again with another monster game, though 21 points and 10 rebounds and seven assists. And this has been a really great week uh, for Yusuf Nurkic, it seems like, other than the Christmas Day game where he got 
thoroughly dominated by Rudy Gobert. Nurkic has really bounced back and played extremely well in the following couple of games after that. So uh, Nurkic with 21, 10 rebounds and 7 assists in the loss to Golden State. Golden State having trouble, at least with you know without DeMarcus Cousins, having some trouble guarding that Lillard-Nurkic pick and roll, which throughout the season has been an incredibly efficient source of points for the Trailblazers this season. Uh, Zach Lowe gave it a, a big shout out the other day and or not the other day like a month ago when he wrote his piece about the Blazers actually it was probably two months ago and the that hasn't changed I mean Nurkic rolling and this has been the case since the first game of the year when Nurkic is rolling a little bit harder he gets the ball in the middle of the floor he kicks it out to an open shooter swing 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 and, and that was kind of the big recipe for Portland's success early in the season, and it seems like they're going back to that. Mike Richmond of the Oregonian, or not, not the Oregonian, formerly of the Oregonian, now at NBC Sports Northwest, had a great piece breaking down what has been going right for Nurkic as of late. A lot of that has been he hasn't been shooting those threes that he was at the beginning of the season. He's more going to work in the post and punishing teams when they'd switch and also just going at, at the opposing team's bigs. And And he did that against Golden State. And, and Golden State doesn't really have a lot of bigs. But the Warriors, Kevin Durant, 25 points and five assists. Steph Curry looking like himself for the most part with 25 points and eight assists. Got to the line a lot, 14 free throw attempts. So Golden State showing their class they are still the two-time defending champions while Portland got a great win in Oakland on that Damian Lillard game winner it's not exactly a shock that Golden State came back and won uh that that night I mean they were five-point favorites still coming into the game so uh you know I think it was it was bound to happen I think especially when you play Golden State twice in a row but uh I, I think Portland with Nurkic on the floor, which is something that we haven't really gotten a whole, we haven't seen a whole lot of Nurk against Golden State over the past couple of years because of the injuries, because of the schedule, because of when he got traded to the Blazers and, and things like that. So to see him in two games back to back, basically against Golden State and perform well and and not really back down to the moment and and allow the Blazers to play big and play the way they play uh the the way that they've been their best i think that is is really important an important distinction because when Portland's been at their best Nurkic has been on the court and to see that that doesn't change against Golden State which so often forces you to shape shift and and play with them and and go to that switchy kind of lineup the way Houston did last year to see that Portland can stay their best selves against Golden State I think is one of the most encouraging things to, to that I came came away with from these two games against the Warriors uh do you want the Blazers to play Golden State in the first round absolutely not but uh I will say that even it is the regular season, and, and that's another thing to take into account, is that Golden State is is kind of fighting through some things. And I know that the, the 01 Lakers comp comparison gets thrown around a lot with these Warriors. And it kind of got thrown around last year, and it was, it was I mean, warranted. I mean, except for when they got to the 
conference finals where they went seven games. And I, I just – we have never seen a team like Golden State have a run the way they've had a run where they're going to the finals – four years in a row, working on a fifth straight trip. I mean, in the modern era of the NBA, this does not happen. So to use historical analogies like the 0-1 Lakers, I just think are completely incomplete for the historical nature of this Warriors team. And so I'm not going to sit here and project their finals run. I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to lose this year. I don't think they're, I didn't think they were going to win the finals. Um, And, Part of me still feels that way, um, and I don't. And I don't say that Portland would be a favorite, but hey, I mean, if Portland plays against Golden State, I feel like they have a little bit more confidence in the best of their group than they've had in a while. Whereas in years past, when they faced Golden State, it's really had to be how do we match up with them? And and at least in these first two games, I've been really encouraged with the fact that Portland, by playing their game, is just matching up with Golden State the best way they can with their own best guys instead of trying to play small or play a Minu at center and things like that that just haven't really worked in the past. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and talk about Portland's blowout victory against the Philadelphia 76ers and what that tells us. And, and, and then we're going to look ahead to tonight's game in Sacramento as Portland looks to get a win against a quality Western Conference opponent that is looking to be one of the teams to make the playoffs. So we're going to be right back with more Locked On Blazers. So uh, we're back with more Locked On Blazers. As we discussed, those two games with Golden State I thought were really impressive in terms of what the Blazers showed us in that matchup that they didn't have to necessarily change what they do to match up with the league's best team. And then they kind of catch a break the next night against the Philadelphia 76ers as they were without all-star center Joel Embiid, who started the all-star game last year for the Eastern Conference, uh, has been an MVP candidate by most estimations with how well he's played and how uh, just difficult a matchup he's been. And they, they had him rest last night, and they're on a big West Coast road trip. So they've got the Clippers tonight in, in Los Angeles, so maybe they wanted him to rest for that. But Portland, they could have been on their heels. They could have said, hey, this Sixers team is a little bit depleted. They're on a long road trip. It doesn't really, you know, maybe we can. And this is one of those wins that I've talked about a lot in the Damian Lillard era where the win is basically served up for them and and they take it and and that is exactly what portland did the other night against philadelphia on sunday was they just went out and absolutely took this game from philadelphia and they didn't let the game stay close to where jimmy butler or jj reddick can have a little hot streak and, and steal the game out from under you, which the Sixers, even without Joel Embiid, are equipped to do with the, those two guys, especially uh, being big time players in the clutch, JJ Redick and Jimmy Butler. And Portland just made sure that the game never got to that. CJ McCollum with 35 points, uh, really dominating his matchup against JJ Redick and also acquitting himself quite well in situations against Jimmy Butler on the defensive end. Uh, CJ McCollum had 35 points, as I mentioned, and 
Jimmy Butler had five points on two of 12 shooting. He had six assists as well. And Evan Turner definitely deserves a lot of credit for locking him up as well. That was the primary defensive matchup for Evan Turner and Turner. As I said a couple days ago during the Warriors win in Oakland, Turner, a guy that doesn't really get enough credit as a defender, when he is locked in, I mean, he is as good as there is on this Blazers team. Uh, I mean, Aminu, obviously, his ranginess and his his quickness and a, he, his tools are just a little bit better than Turner. But Turner, with his smarts, he's got quick hands, he's got long arms, he's big, and, and he can really force you into some tough stuff. And we saw that with Butler the other night, as as Butler has been, you know, one of the most feared guys in the league, and he's basically become this folk hero. And he had five points in a road game as the number one guy on his team. And, you know, uh, that's that. Uh, I've been a little bit weary of the Jimmy Butler folk hero-ness. And it was kind of funny for me to see him struggle against the Blazers and, and not really be able to to carry the team and and Ben Simmons had a pretty decent game for Philadelphia but uh they just were not the same without Embiid and last year when they lost Embiid Simmons helped them win a first round series helped them win a bunch of games so it's not as if they the Sixers can't win with Ben Simmons as their best player I mean this is they won a playoff series last year basically with that happening uh but Portland was ready for this game. They knew that without Embiid, they were not going to be as strong on the interior, and they took it to him with, obviously, CJ's great performance. Damian Lillard, a balanced game, 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. And then Nurk, just another efficient game, 7 of 11 for the field. And then you had a good game from Al Farouk Aminu, which is always welcome. They were without Mo Harkless, who was sitting out on that second night of a back-to-back, and not only was it the second night of a back-to-back, it was their fourth game in six days. So while I think they're, it's definitely eyebrow-raising that he missed that game with a road game coming another couple of days later, I think they're just being smart. They're, they, this is the situation with Harkless, as I've mentioned. I mean, he's he's made some major contributions. He forced a turnover of Steph Curry down the stretch in that win in Oakland and has made some big plays. And Terry Stott still believes he is part of their best lineup. So that hasn't changed uh, for Portland, but they are being cautious with him and his knee. And I just think that this is going to be kind of it for for the rest of the season I think they're going to be cautious he's not going to play in every back-to-back he's not going to uh overextend himself during stretches where the Blazers have a lot of games in few days and I I, you know while it's it could be concerning I just think it's I think it's a good sign that he's just sitting out and that it's just He's out on back-to-backs, and they're kind of taking care of it because it, he was playing with pain, and he couldn't play big minutes, and now at least he's playing bigger minutes. He's going north of 30 in in some of these games, and I just think that they are just monitoring it and taking it easy. And so uh, while it is a little bit concerning, I think it's kind of a smart thing that the Blazers are the way they're handling Harkless right now. It just seems like a thing where he can go really hard for a little while, but then he has to recover appropriately. And 
I think that's going to be more of the, the the way things go. And if things change, that's going to be great. But um, I just think they're going to be cautious with him all season long and then hope that once the playoffs come, he can play in the postseason. And since there's such long layoffs between games, he should be okay, even though playoff games are a little bit more intense. But you know, we'll keep an eye on that. That's kind of been the, the situation with Harkless's knee all season. And I think it's just going to be the situation that we're going to have with it for the rest of the year. I just don't see how that's going to change. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. If he doesn't play tonight, then I think, you know, definitely sound the alarms. Uh, at least that it's maybe a little bit more than just them resting him. Uh, but I think he's going to play tonight and I think he'll be back. And I just, I think they're just being extra special cautious because I don't think they were as cautious as they could have been in the playoffs last year when bringing Harkless back from his meniscus surgery. So uh, we're going to take one more break and we're going to talk about what to expect tonight when the Blazers face off against the Sacramento Kings, who have been one of the most surprising teams in the league so far. And welcome back to Locked on Blazers. This is our final segment for today's New Year's Day edition of the show and It is a preview of tonight's game in Sacramento, a quick one-game road trip for the Trailblazers down to Sacramento before coming back for a five-game homestand, which uh, could be surprisingly tough with some tough teams coming in on the front end of that homestand, but they have to take care of business tonight because the team that they're facing could easily get the best of them in the Sacramento Kings as the Kings come in with a 19 and 17 record. They are just on the outside looking in of the Western Conference playoff race. They are currently in ninth, one game behind the eighth place San Antonio Spurs, and they're only a game and a half behind the Trailblazers who are currently in seventh place in the Western Conference. And the number one guy to watch out for for this Kings team this season is De'Aaron Fox. Fox has been spectacular averaging 18 points and almost eight assists per game, as well as nearly two steals. And he's shooting the ball very well from three at 40 or 39%, uh, which is something that a lot of people did not expect him to do coming into the league, being that kind of his, his biggest attributes were his athleticism, his tenaciousness, his toughness, but he's really evolved into a great player for the Sacramento team. He has had some huge games and has really been the rising tide, I think, that has lifted this team to where they are right now at 19 and 17. They've also made some nice small moves on the margins. Their front office with Vladi Divac and Peja Stojakovic, which have been, you know, the internet has made lots and lots of jokes about those guys, but they have made some nice moves on the margins, like signing Nemanja Bialica away from Minnesota, who was reportedly going to go to the Philadelphia 76ers and Bielitsa has been phenomenal for them shooting 45% from three Bogdan Bogdanovich has been good they're also getting a renaissance also slash contract year season from Iman Shumpert in Sacramento he's been shooting 39% from three and they've been getting lots and lots of good contributions from everywhere on the roster and they've done that which is really just basically made the Marvin Bagley injury not an issue at all 
uh, Marvin Bagley, the number two pick in the 2018 draft for the Kings, is dealing with an injury. He also hasn't been playing a whole lot before the injury. He, he had some games where he wasn't playing, and that's because Sacramento just has a pretty strong team and a lot of guys that can kind of slot in, in his position like Bielitsa, like Bogdanovich, that might be a little bit more useful right now considering that they provide some three-point shooting at that power forward position when, at times and can really space the floor out for Fox and the rolling threat in Willie Cauley-Stein, who is also a, a very strong player. And then you've also got to worry about the offensive game of Buddy Heald, their two-guard, who's their leading scorer this season at 19.7 points per game. He's shooting 42% from three, uh, looking like the player he was, you know, a lot of people expected him to be coming out of college, a fantastic shooter, a guy that can move without the ball, and a guy that's going to cause problems, and and that's going to be the number one assignment tonight for C.J. McCollum or perhaps Mo Harkless tonight is is chasing uh, Buddy Heald around screens, and, and it's not going to be easy. Uh, the Kings are also probably going to be a little angry. They're coming off a game that they really had in hand against the Los Angeles Lakers a couple of nights ago in L.A. They they beat them at home a couple days before. Then they were in L.A. and they were winning in the fourth quarter. And then Brandon Ingram really turns things on in the, in the fourth quarter. And the Kings blow a game that they really had in hand against the Lakers without LeBron James. And so now they return home. They've played really well at home. I mean, that's not a shock. Every team plays well at home, plays better at home. But they're going to be coming in with a little bit, a uh, little bit more oomph, I think, after after losing that game that they really did have against the Lakers. So uh, I think it's is going to be a tough matchup. I think Fox is going to be a really good matchup for Damian Lillard. I think Fox is going to get up for that. I, I you know, I, I Lillard gets these guys coming at him every game, trying to get trying to prove something against him. So that's not really new, but I'm intrigued to see it myself. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers and. We will be back with you after tonight's game with the Sacramento Kings. Have have a happy new year, and we will be back with you very soon.